Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, whatever time it is that you're tuning in. I just want to give you greetings and love and peace and blessings to you. I appreciate you for for tuning in to episode number two. Today's topic is is going to be about love. You know, whether it's identity theft with love versus lust, or just the potency of love itself. And how it can be confused with lust because of the feelings that we have. There's a particular poem that that I wrote a few years back that I want to share today to lead off this podcast. We'll talk a little bit about it and uh, just vibe with me. The poem is called Court's Verdict. And I I wrote it, um, I think I was still in college during this time frame. And it it was just one of those poems where I was getting what was in me out. And so, take a listen. What I've refused to do is turn a deaf ear to me. See, I pay attention to the voice within. If not, it can fall silent. Instead of allowing it to fall silent, I prepare for the assignment that falls into alignment with the writings on the walls. See, I'm no psychic, but I can detect when BS needs wiping. No hype here, just a word of wisdom to stay clear of going against what you feel inside due to fear. Fear of you fill in the blank as you take the plank and lay down in the bed you made. I could spit till I turn red on this stage, but I can't change a mind you've already made. Just let me plead my case. Judge and jury, it is my full duty to solemnly swear to tell you the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help me God. Lust has a facade, carrying around a love mirage. Using pity to strike sympathy when the motivation is envy. Jealousy accompanied by bittersweet nothings that meant nothing because with lust... Love is a game, never answering to the same name, no shame in passing around lies, alibis, and false arrival times, just watch the signs. All players have a one-track mind, greedy for human beings, always scouting for new members, for the team. Actions will never be what the words seem. Objection, judge, the prosecution is making assumptions based off pure emotions. Overruled. Continue with your notion. Exactly. Distractions, matter-of-factly, are weapons used to silence what's happening until a new way of doing an old thing looks like it's happening naturally. Causing confusion to set in. To settle or give in is the same thing, but when reasoning is fogged, anything can happen. So I make a declaration to... Take a stand against using love's name in vain, and I'm here to prove that beyond a reasonable doubt. Your honor, I rest my case. Defense, you may make your case. Judge, may I approach the bench before I call my first witness? You may. Judge, if God is love, then all is forgiven. Not exactly. What are you getting at? Well, Judge... If God is love, it can't be lust. True. So, this is just an instance of mistaken identity. 
I pity the fool who thinks everything that glitters is gold or believes every lie told waiting for the truth to unfold. Skeletons falling out of closets out of control. Might as well observe and pick a bone. The responsibility is in the hands of who beholds. I called Lust on the phone and they couldn't make it due to a prior engagement. Objection. Lust is forfeiting litigation. The defense has lack of proof. Judge turns to the jury. What say you? Your Honor, after listening to the evidence, it's unanimous. Love and lust can't coexist. Love has been sodomized by lustful eyes, killing the beauty of love at first sight. Love must be exonerated immediately to save love's life. At that moment, lust opens the door of the courtroom, gavel bang twice. The judge looked lust straight in the eyes and sentences them to life. The, the verdict was written to, you know, really express how I had found myself in a situation I really thought was love from the way that it, it made me feel. And when those moments of being hurt or rejected would come up, I would comb through each scenario that happened. You know, and, and look at it objectively. Take myself out, not feeling like a victim, but really looking at the part I played as well as the parts that were played during the, the interaction. You know, and those step backs have, have been where I've been able to find my wisdom and where I encourage you all as well to find your wisdom. You know, we have wisdom based off of the experiences that we have had. Are we using that wisdom is the question. You know, I I used to have a lot of wisdom but never apply it. I'd be the, the greatest person to uh, give advice but wouldn't take my own advice. And it became a complete game changer when I began to take my own advice. You know, it, it's always easier to see the writing on the wall of someone else's conflict than to look at your own because you have to acknowledge your wrongdoing, you know. I found myself in situations where I would accept lies, but then see that it was a lie and still stay. Now, who else could I blame? You know, it's really easy to to be the victim and say, well, they did this to me and they did that to me. But what what about what we are doing to ourselves? As I've taken this journey of self-care and self-love, I realized the love that I give, I was not giving to myself. And so I had to take time out to become intentional, to start to give love to myself. And that literally means love me how I love other people. So I, that, that caused me to have to pay attention to myself, how I pay attention to other people. That, that caused me to be more gentle with how I, I spoke to myself. You know, we could be our, our worst critics. We are the ones who are very hard on ourselves when we don't do something right. But we may be quick to give others grace and mercy. And I'm, I'm one of those people who's very gracious and, and merciful. And, and I'm easy to, to forgive someone else, but was not giving that same grace and mercy to myself. And when I finally did, it, it made me recognize when I wasn't being treated properly. And I think me taking so long, I feel like, yeah, I could be much further. But I also believe that Everything happens when it's supposed to, you know, 
there there's a, a poem that I wrote where it talks about my fruit not being ripe yet. And on this journey of, of self-care, I really took time out to nurture the fruits that I have and, and accept them and love them. And, and I encourage you to discover the fruits of the Spirit and the things that really make you who you are and embrace those things that really make you different and set apart from from those you know around you whom you interact with your past um if there's something pressing and pulling inside of you like there's more to life there's supposed to be more to this ask yourself what is it what is it that you feel that you are supposed to be experiencing what is it that you feel that you are supposed to be doing where do you see yourself and, and i challenge you to start walking towards it if it doesn't scare you, it's not big enough. Our dreams will scare us because eyes haven't seen and ears haven't heard. But they will never see it and hear it if we remain in fear and allow that to bind us. You know, the past and the experiences that we've had really lead us to our next road markers, you know, in which way we're going to go the way that we'll continue to view the world. It can make us cynical. It, it can make us optimistic. It can make us pessimistic. I, I believe that we have a choice still, regardless of what we have experienced. It's when we finally, you know, take that stance and say, you know what, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be positive. I, I'm going to go for my dreams. And, you know, I could I could share a story with you about a dream that I had. You know, as a young child, I, I used to always want to be a lawyer. And I spent a lot of my, my college years preparing to be a lawyer to come to find out that that was not the career path for me. To come to, to find out that, you know, it, it wouldn't allow me to sleep peacefully at night when I found out some of the truths about the criminal justice system. And when I tell you, I was in my, my late 20s, broken heart, just like, oh, you know, I, I, I thought I could change the world, right? In the courtroom, I thought I could change the world. And I was riding to Florida on a trip, and the GPS was saying, rerouting, rerouting constantly when ever we missed a turn or missed, missed an exit. But we still made it to our destination. And the person that I was with during that time told me, she's like, you see how, you know, the, the GPS still guided us to where we were supposed to go. Even though we may have missed that turn or missed the exit, we still ended up where we were supposed to go. And she said, you know, that's, that's how life is. And she said this when we were on our way out there. So on our way back, when I would hear rerouting, or even now to this day, when I hear rerouting, I always think about that. Like, it's okay if I miss that ex exit or missed that turn. Because all I have to do is follow the route, the new route that's given. And I'm still going to get to where I intended to go. Life is just like that, you know. I still have something inside of me that tells me that I have the ability 
to to leave a mark on the world where the world will will know that I was here and and possibly even changing and if it's if it's just a few people that hear this podcast and their lives begin to change and and then they're able to share their success and their journey and 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 give other people tips they're able to find happiness and their lives begin to change that that's that's more than enough for me you know i believe that that we are all here to serve a purpose in the kingdom of god and a part of us being here on earth is to make earth like heaven on earth despite what our eyes see because right now we see the pestilence of the coronavirus running rampant across the nations and the globe you know rumors of wars you know things that that are political and it's it's debbie dollars the, the news is always some type of shootings or something just happens that you're just like how could that have happened what could those people have done to deserve that and I, I don't believe there's anything that we do specifically that it is to deserve what happens right i believe everything is a lesson whether it's for us individually or for those around who got to witness it because in circumstances is wisdom in experience there's wisdom and when you observe it and you get to learn from the mistakes of others you can find yourself much further on a path that you want it for yourself you know and even even you know you you can make someone else proud or or influence someone else to live righteously i think about you know like my nieces and nephews strangers people people who know me but don't fully know my story but just know who i am right now who are inspired by the person that they meet and see i've been through a lot of things you know from from a small child but i i realized for each of those afflictions like i could count it all joy and i'm grateful for my afflictions and it took a while to learn how to praise through the pain but the afflictions brought me closer to god the the afflictions helped me really accept jesus christ you know and now I can plead the blood over situations. I can walk in victory because of it. And as I see how I moved in the past when it came to love versus lust, I love love so much that I would accept lust, you know, because I thought it was love because of how it made me feel. You know, you're like, oh, I got butterflies in my stomach. I just feel some type of way when I first see them. And as I've matured and gotten older, I, I look at those as physical body responses to something. Where really I, I look at them now as warning signs. If my body starts to respond to a human being um, and, and it, it makes me feel really what I would describe as unstable. Like what took away my peace to give me this fluttering? What made my breathing? you know, short, what made my body tense up? Is that something that truly is, is love? Because when I'm around people that I love, I light up, you know, but I don't have that body response to the point where there's fluttering 
or I can't breathe as deeply. In fact, I find myself giving sighs of relief when I hug them. Um, I, I feel a sensation of peace that overcomes me and joy just sits with me. You know, joy and happiness, they, they are one and the same, but they are not the same thing. See, joy is potent just like love. Happiness only occurs when something is happening. See, real love will last in eternity. It will go on for eons and eons and eons. Lust, I, I compare to a Big Bang Theory, kind of like, not even a Big Bang Theory, excuse me. Let me take that back. I, I'll, I'll give it as strong as an atomic bomb and the effects that you feel after the bomb blows up. There's a ripple effect where people miles and miles away from where that bomb went off can still feel that wave of energy from it. But after that wave of energy is done and you go out, you are assessing damage from that feeling, that, that, that notion that something happened. You are responding to that bang. But love, see, love, love is so everlasting that it's not going to collide with you like that to the point where you, you're feeling wave shocks of it. You feel it every single day. It, it's something that will be strong enough to withstand an obstacle that could come in your way. Whether it's an obstacle in your personal life. It could be an obstacle that you and your spouse are facing. It could be an obstacle you and your sibling are facing. Love is so is so deep and and pure. Is is used in so many different forms. You know, that's why I believe that that God is love. And so lust wants to pull you in and give you that quick, immediate satisfaction. And love is long suffering. Love, love sometimes will will hurt, right? But it's a, a hurt that's worth it. Um, like I spoke about that affliction, you know, and how I'm grateful for that affliction. That is because of love that I can be grateful for that affliction because I see what affliction has done to me. Even though in the moment of the affliction, I did not love the affliction. It took after the healing for me to realize that each time I was afflicted, it drew me nearer and closer to God. So, yes, I'm grateful for if the affliction had not happened, what would have made me run to my father like that? You know, what would have made me cry out to him? What would have made me, you know, throw myself at his feet? And, you know, I, I lost my, my father at a very young age. I was 13 years old. I was 13. Um, it... It was before I even barely knew me, you know. I just knew that he knew me. And I loved him. He he was my first love, just like everybody's father, you know, should be. And if not, you still have a father in heaven who is still your first love, nevertheless. Um, it It is... It was one of the most traumatic things I could have ever experienced in my entire life. And I didn't understand you know, why God did that to me. And if you listen to that phrase right there, I didn't understand why God did that to me. That was coming from a place of being a victim. But now I understand, you know, had, had it not been for my affliction, what would have caused me to run toward God like that? 
you know, I, I hate that I had to lose my father at a very early age. But on the other hand, I love the fact that that he is okay. He is no longer in pain. He is no longer suffering. The love that my flesh had for him no longer outweighs the spiritual love. Because even though my father has died, I still have homage. I pay homage to him. He is still my father. God is still my father in heaven. That's my first father. And he gave me an earthly father. And now I know my earthly father is with my father in heaven. And so it it makes me feel good that somebody that loved me and knew me and knows me is with our heavenly father that's something that we all share and now it's a comfort as these years have gone by the the hardest thing i'll say is once you know he had been gone longer than i had known him that was something that i had to to deal with but it's beautiful that when I speak of him, it's like he comes back to life. I'm able to share the wisdom that my father gave to me in the time frame that we had. And I know that, that God knows what's best for me. And that the time that we had was the time that we were supposed to have and the time that we needed. I had enough time with my physical father on earth to leave an impression on me that will carry me out for the rest of the days of my life. And enough of the love that he poured into me, I can freely give when I speak about him, you know, and in the goodness of God. He he also introduced me to God and, and my mother. They They never pushed religion on me. They always wanted me to have a relationship with God. That's what was really pushed. Like, no God. Talk to God. No God. And when I really got to start to know God for myself, I've, I've been open to, to all types of religions because of this. Like, I love religions because of this. To hear the different stories. To see the, the ways that people worship. To me, there's only one God, right? But I'm not denouncing anybody else's religion. I believe that, that it's one God told in, in multiple tongues, you know? And that that's still that one source that we all are, are looking up to because, of course, there is something bigger than us. And to know that, that God is love and then you have this opposite totem pole of lust you you have to acknowledge that yes it 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 can steal love's identity because it makes it feel like you are in love because you are so happy but will that happiness last six months from now will that happiness last a year from now are they still going to be the the same person that you think they are right now or will the mask finally slip because honestly the red flags of the, the bones coming out of the closet, so to speak, you know, the skeletons, you know, the, the, the red flags that, that we may overlook because we love them so much because we want to give them that grace, right? Those are the things that, that we should pay attention to when it comes to relationships because these, these are the things where people are identifying who they are. And I was always told when somebody shows you who they are, believe them. You know, 
as a woman, I would find myself wanting to fix somebody, you know, and that got me into a lot of mess, a lot, a lot of, a lot of messes, right? And now I, I want to believe who you are and I want to evolve with you. I know nobody will, will be perfect, you know, and I don't expect that because I'm not perfect. But I also know that the same grace and mercy that I would give to somebody who was, you know, lying to me, the grace and mercy that I would give would actually hurt me in the end. And I had to ask myself why. And what I was able to conclude was, you know, the the same lies that were told to me was the same way I would lie to myself about it being okay with being in those relationships, you know. And when you have someone that does what you do to yourself, that's why you will deem it acceptable. So we really have to look deep within ourselves. And what is it that we are allowing ourselves to do to ourselves? Because this is why we may find ourselves in patterns. This is why we, we may misidentify lust as love because we would think that oh I have to do this in order to get that which is not true which is not true never never sell yourself short because you believe that's all you can get that alone should should be an indicator that you need some time for yourself you need some time for healing true true healing allows you to go into something so crystal clear that you're not carrying the baggage of yesterday, of last year, of years ago, and unpacking it on a person who had nothing to do with it. There's a there's a story about, I think it's a quote, where it says, don't bleed on someone who didn't cut you. That's exactly what we do when we bring baggage in from the past and unpack it in the present. You know, when you heal, you leave the baggage where it is. It should not show up at the terminal on your flight, you know, in your new destination. Those those bags need to stay where they are, you know, so you can identify when you find yourself in those places again. If you seem to find yourself dragging it around with you you have to ask yourself what is it about this baggage that I can't let go of you know and that that's that journey that we we oftentimes don't want to take how many times have you walked past the mirror but never looked yourself in the eyes spend some time with yourself you know and and really Get to know what you like and don't like. Get to know what brings you joy. What makes you happy? What makes you sad? What makes you angry? Be able to articulate these things. And not just the angry and sad and mad. Because those are ammunitions and bullets to take you down, right? And when you lead with sad, angry, and mad in any situation, you have just loaded the weapon of your destruction and given it to another person. Have you ever wondered why you said to yourself, they did me just like so-and-so did me? 
the question you should ask yourself should be, did I tell them what so-and-so did to me? Because if you did, you handed them the weapon to your destruction. You know, what flows from your, your mouth is what's on your heart. And that's how you can really, you know, indicate where you are, what you need to change, what what you need to do to make yourself feel better. If you are, like, like from the first podcast, finding yourself in that space where it is woe is me and things are negative, then, then now we have to see what's going on inside that's making my perspective, excuse me, skewed to the point where I think everything is negative because every day and every everything shouldn't be bad. And, and sometimes you will have bad days. Sometimes things will be a little stressful and overwhelmed, but it shouldn't be every day, you know? You, you deserve better. And it's not until you believe it that something will change. But I encourage you to, to start to heal yourself. Start to be gentle with yourself. Start to show grace and mercy to yourself. The same grace and mercy that you show to others, show to yourself. And, and please forgive. You, you have to forgive you in order to be able to forgive others. And so... I could I could go on and on about love versus lust. But we're going to stop here for today. And I really appreciate each and every one of you for for joining me. And I just want you to have an amazing day. Continue to to love those around you, but most of all, love yourself. Peace.